The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me, I'm back in the studio, back out of the Hall of Fame city, and the season has begun. That's exactly right. It's been a while. I say, you know, a couple, maybe I missed the last week. But uh, certainly I am back in the studios live. And I uh, want to thank you all for those of you who have tuned in and who's been tuning in. And uh, those of you, of course, who are looking forward to today's show. But what matters to me, the season has begun, man. It, it's, it may be preseason to some people, but for those who do this for a living, this is what they do. This is their time. It's their time to shine. They don't, you know, it may be practice to you. These games may not count to you. But for some people, this is how they make their living. It means everything. It means everything to them. The season has begun. It's been a few weeks now. Training camp is open all around. Games have been played. People have been cut. Speaking of people being cut, well, we, we don't want to get right into people being cut, but let, let's just say that there are people who have who've lost their jobs for many different reasons, some of them extremely foolish. But... We, we won't talk about that right away. What I want to get into, first of all, I just want to say this, that I had a, a wonderful time in the Hall of Fame City. Out, outstanding time at the Hall of Fame City. I mean, just so many friends I got to see back in the city of the Hall of Fame City. You know, everybody from, you know, Fonda, Chuck, uh, my sister, my nephew, you know, family members, friends from years ago, new friends, the Camp McKinley Bulldogs. Uh, new coaching staff. Uh, it was just, it was a wonderful time. And of course, I got to experience uh, one of the greatest moments that could ever exist for a human being who was in the sports world is, and that of course were that uh, men were inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that, that was, I don't ever want to forget it. You know, the uh, kind words that were spoken uh, by Junior's daughter and um, it's just one of those things. Where it's there's not a person who is a, a true avid sports fan, particularly if you're a football fan. You should do whatever you possibly need to do in terms of planning and preparation. It is the uh, other than the Super Bowl. I, I don't think there is a better moment to enjoy, for recreational purposes, a sporting event than to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame weekend in Canton, Ohio. It, the, the game itself uh, probably doesn't, um, you know, 
probably won't do all those things that you think it should do for you, the game, uh, because it's the first game. Uh, probably the starters, some starters don't play. Other guys may play a series. Uh, but again, there are men out there trying to win a spot on the roster. Uh, but all the festivities that go along, it's like the Super Bowl used to be one day. It's now an event. Uh, Hall of Fame weekend is an event. And of course, uh, Mary Healy and, and, and Fonda Williams and all those volunteers in the city of Canton, Ohio, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, they just do an outstanding job. And I'm proud to say that I'm a Cantonia. Uh, the city of Canton is where everybody is trying to get to, and it will not disappoint once you get there. Uh, I appreciate the hospitality the bus showed uh, of his uh, Hall of Fame parties. I had a good time, <laughs> I must say. And it's uh, one of those things I look forward to uh, every year. And, of course, I will be uh, returning there again uh, uh, next year. And uh, hopefully I'll be taking Voice America on the road with me. just spoke to Ryan a few uh, minutes ago, and uh, we'll be having that conversation with uh, Jeff Spinard, of course, our uh, president and CEO here at Voice America Sports, because uh, it's that time. I mean, the Super Bowl will be here before you know it. Uh, shout out to Guy Troop, the Player Networking Event. Of course, again, uh, this will be the 16th annual Player Networking Event at the Super Bowl, which will be Super Bowl 50 in San Francisco. And uh, looking forward to that. But um, I'm expecting a few callers. So, th- but let me just get started uh, with the show today. There are a couple things that um, that I wanted to talk about. In particular, you know, I, I wanted to get the opinion of those who are out there. So if you want to call 888-346-9144, I got a couple things. Um, there is um, some, some conversation up in New York with the Giants. Uh, of course, um, you know, there's always conversation with the Giants because, of course, they're the media capital of the world. But John Beeson, you know, made a couple comments that I, you know, hey, I, I've, I've wanted to talk about those things. And I believe in some of those things that he said. And it's been um, it's been on my mind. I've said them publicly many times, but uh, you know he's said a couple of things that we're going to talk about. Um, the uh, the flake gate is not over with. Uh, we're going to discuss the flake gate a little bit, uh, and and obviously I want you folks out there to understand, as LeBron has said, and I've said many times too. Sometimes things that are played out in sports, it's not all about sports. It, this is bigger than than ball. And, and I'll talk to you about that a little bit later. Of course, also, uh, Eli, up there with the Jets, another conversation on the other side of the ball with the Jets, and I mean, sorry, with the Giants, and, and that is uh, Eli has his opinion about himself. Also says something without saying it directly, but certainly indirectly, um, that uh, maybe Peyton Manning's not the best Manning quarterback. We'll speak to that as well. And I'm sure there's a few other people out there would like to have something to say about uh, who is the best quarterback in the National Football League. But there is one man, and I think I'm going to start right about there. There has <laughs> one man that has stepped up and says that uh, he thinks he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. Now, some of you may find this surprising. And, you know, many times things are taken out of context. So if you don't get the entire you know, if, if you just get the sound bite and you don't you don't get the entire, you know, interview, 
then then you're going it, to it's, it's out of context and you're not going to really get it. You don't you don't really understand it. But I still think that, and there's always room for criticism. There's always two sides of every story, as they say. There's always another perspective. You know, and I stopped being the devil's advocate years ago, so I'm not going to take that approach to it. But I am going to look at this, these comments that RG3 made. And I'm going to look at them from a, just a different perspective. And I, I think many times what happens, because, you know, I've been there, so I know a little bit about that. And see, there's not, when, I, when I have time to prepare what I want to say, it's a lot different when somebody walks up to you. You, you know they're going to come up to you because you're in the locker room, you're a professional athlete, and chances are there, there's some of you in that locker room that you know on a consistent basis the media is going to come to you to get a quote. And, and certainly if you're a quarterback, that's going to happen. So you don't really want to be thinking about what you're going to be saying on the practice field but certainly there's other times where you could possibly think about based upon your performance or based upon, you know, the game or based upon the, the op- upcoming opponent or something that happened in the locker room. You might want to have some idea of what you're going to say. And I'm again, I'm not sure if RG3 was prepared to say this, but I'm just too going to take a stab at, at the soundbite. And I'm probably paraphrasing here, but... What RG3 basically said is that um, that he thinks he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. Now, I remember years ago, somebody else was asked a question very similar to that about their position. It was a quarterback in New York. And, hell, he said he thought he was, you know, certainly one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best. Now, let me ask you out there. If, if you're doing something for a living and there is some competition for your job, uh, would you not strive to be the best? Wouldn't you want to do your job better than anybody else? And, okay, that's a rhetorical question, but you can go ahead and answer that. Would, but wouldn't you want to be that? Okay, now if somebody asked you that, how would you answer that question? Would you answer that question that, you know, well, I'm, I'm the best at what I do? Or would you answer that question differently? And if you, if you did, how would you answer that question? And particularly when you're in a, in a, you're in a sport where there is a person that competes for your job daily. There comes a time where, you know, okay, somebody has been donned the, the starting quarterback or the starting, you know, wide receiver, running back. But literally any day could change because circumstances, you know, you could get hurt. Uh, but certainly you want your teammates to believe that you believe that you are the best at your position. I, I certainly, when I line up with those people that were around me in the secondary, I, I wanted everybody in the secondary to feel as if they're the best at their position, certainly on this team, but if, even the league. So when RG3 states that, you know, he goes out and he competes and, and he's doing the best, you know, that he can, trying to improve all the time, and, and he believes that he's the, he's the best uh, at at his position in, in the league, he believes he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. Is he wrong for saying that? And I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, he's wrong for saying that. Because the fact of the matter is he is, he is not the best quarterback in the National Football League. I simply think this is nothing that I think he had to, you know, really take time out to practice either is his opinion or his response to that because, of course, you know, he's been evaluated every day, certainly every week. Uh, 
your statistics, how well your team is doing, you know, we, we got, we got, we can measure, we got metrics, we, we can measure, we, 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 we got these analytics, we can look at what you're doing, your statistics will tell us if you're the best. Now, I certainly understand that sometimes you could be, possibly be the best, but because your supporting cast is, is inferior to the other team, you might not appear to be the best. But certainly, you could say that every day I'm working towards being the best, even acknowledging the fact that today I may not be the best, but I'm working and I'm striving to become the best. And once I arrived, obviously you guys and everybody else will know that. Am I the best today? No. Do I believe I can become the best? Yes. Am I working to become the best? Yes. But to say that you believe you're the best quarterback in the National Football League, when really, even when you were at your best, you weren't really the best. But, but that's okay. I want that quarterback that's that confident on my team. But I want him to be a little bit humble about what he has. doesn't have to tell the world. You can tell your team, but you don't have to tell the world. Because that's going to be, you know, that thing that's on your back already. It's going to get bigger and bigger. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show, you're listening to Rail of Sports. 
on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me today, of course, is the season has begun. Uh, it's preseason, but preseason counts. There's a lot of people out there that it's make or break time for them. And so for those of you who don't really appreciate preseason, you know, this is like your job interview. I know you would appreciate if somebody would be supporting you and praying for you when you're going for that job interview. This is a job interview. It's a lo- It's an extended job interview. But, man, this is it. They make or break it during preseason. So don't give up on preseason. Some people will never make it out of preseason. But right now they play for your team, so root for them that they could, you know, become the best they possibly can be. But, but you know, again, they're all trying to be the best they can be. And there's some people out there who are a little bit more confident in themselves than others. One of them is RG3. Now, I got a gentleman on the phone right now, Moses. And, and Moses, Moses heard me talking. I think he got a little comment about some of the things I said. Moses, are you there? I'm here. I'd be interested in what, you, what your perspective is because, again, I said I'm not advocating for the devil anymore, so I don't want you to be the devil's advocate, you know, but, but you got a perspective that may be similar or different to mine. But RG3, you know, went on the record to say that, that he feels that, that he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. So from that part of it, how do you feel about his comment? Well, I think uh, I, I am more in agreement with, uh, with your perspective, and thanks for taking my call. I think we all know that, that uh, RG3 is free to say whatever he thinks within his own mind, and I, we certainly appreciate the confidence. But unfortunately, the rest of us have eyes, and we can see that the results of his thinking have not have not uh, been raised to the level of, of his expectations. So I, I think he should be careful with, with making such statements. He should think that. As a quarterback in the NFL, he should think he is the best. And I agree. Should, I agree with you, Moses. In, yeah, in I agree. Making that Go ahead. That statement, because we all see he's not the best quarterback in the, in the NFL. So there's very little debate about that. So I agree with your comments that, that he probably shouldn't say it, but I'm, I'm, I'm good with him thinking it every day when he goes out on the field. His problem is he needs to learn how to avoid getting hit. That's what he really <laughs> needs to learn how to do. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, uh, you know, I, I think that when it comes to RG3, uh, I, I believe that he has a natural skill set that he forgets sometimes that he's in the National Football League. See, the things Correct. that he did in college, and this is, you know, for me, I think sometimes people just do not understand the difference in going from college to pros. It's like, night, it's like night and day. And some of the things that you were able to accomplish in college, that's not going to happen, and particularly when you talk about a quarterback trying to escape defensive linemen. They're just, some of them are, they're as fast as you are. And so that's not going to happen. Now, let me go back to that comment that, you know, you and I kind of both agreed on, and that's his confidence level. But let me ask you something. If you were a teammate, do you want to hear your quarterback say, would you be okay with him saying, because he's speaking to the world, he's not in the locker room. Do you want him to say that he thinks he's the best quarterback to the world? And and if he says that to the world, when he comes inside the locker room, are you going to embrace him because he said that? Or are you going to think he's a little bit arrogant because you know as well as he does that he's not uh, but he said it anyway. So what, what would you prefer that he do, that, he's, that he go ahead and speak boldly as he did, acknowledging he's the best, or that he take a, you know, a little bit more humble approach uh, and, the, and the locker room is not going to beat him up because he's showing, um, he's, I guess he would be being not, a little, not, not vulnerable, not insecure, but he's acknowledging the truth. I'm not the best, guys. I want to be the best, but I'm not the best. So which way you th- do you think he should have changed it and said something like that instead of yeah. saying he's the best? 
Yeah, I, I think he should have worded it a lot different. I, I think uh, certainly I, I want him to feel that way. If I if I were a teammate, I would want him to feel like he's the best quarterback in the league. And I would, as a teammate, I would want to go to him and say, "Hey, RG, RG, listen, I, you let's go out and say your team certainly is striving to be good. We're striving to be the best. Our objective is the same as every other team in the league is to win the Super Bowl." But, but we have got to go out on the field and perform and demonstrate that we are, that we are learning and growing. Um, to say you're the best quarterback in the NFL is not the thing that you should be saying at this moment. Uh, and certainly you should just say, whatever your status is in the league, that's for, for the other talking heads and the other and the public and fans to determine if you're the best. Just go out and play. Yeah, I, said, and, and I, let's, let's, I like that. I like that. Let's stop. Let's stop getting into this predicting what you are and calling who you are. Just go out and play, and 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 the results will speak for themselves. Yeah, I like that. that. I, I like that. My wife actually is from St. Louis, Missouri, and and so I always get to show me. Don't don't tell me. Yeah. you know, show that's me. Right. <laughs> so and and that's, that's what right. fans actually want to see. Now now, there's another gentleman out there. Uh, you know, he he's up. Uh, you know, up up the road a little bit. You know, just jump on ninety five, and and you you'll find your way up there. And he's in New York, and he's in the media capital of the world. And that's Eli Manning. Now, yeah. Eli, of course, as we know, has a couple Super Bowl rings. And uh, uh, but but he the, he got those Super Bowl rings. I think back in you know about five years ago, six, seven, eight. You know, a long time ago. But Eli, Eli wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. Are you okay with that, Moses? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I, I appreciate him asking, as I do any player in the league, asking for what they think they're worth. I, I, I always blame owners for giving it to them. Somebody should exercise a greater level of common sense and rationale. And for a player, for a player if I were playing in the NFL, I would, might be asking for unreasonable money myself. But, but uh, if, as an owner in the NFL, I would, tell, I would have a few choice words for, for Mr. Manning and, and – <laughs> And certainly, certainly, I would. I, I have no problem with him asking, but but owners should be and general managers should be much more rational in their uh, uh, in their incentive for these players because because some players are going to be ridiculous in what they're asking for. And Eli is like any other player; he thinks that two Super Bowl rings rates him among the highest paid football player quarterbacks in the league, which it does not. Now, okay, now wait, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to challenge you on that one. And I'm going to bring somebody in with, I think we have a gentleman on the phone with us. Bert is on the phone with us. And I think Bert might be from up there around that New York area. But, but Bert, let me ask you something. Now, Eli uh, is asking for the most money. Uh, I think if I heard correctly just now, uh, my other guest uh, uh, on hold here with us, Moses just said uh, he referenced the two Super Bowls. I think if the two Super Bowls had been won, let's say, in the last couple years, it might be justification in asking for that kind of money. But because it was more than a half a decade ago that he won that, you know, it's almost like, well, you won that early in your career. This is the latter part of your career. And, you know, unlike your brother, you haven't been to a Super Bowl recently. So, so Bert, in your mind, is Eli correct in thinking that he deserves uh, that uh, highest paid salary of any quarterback in the National Football League? Well, I, I have one question first. I want to know, did, um, did Eli pass all of his drug tests first? <laughs> but, is, that, is that what you think he, 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 had a little, he was in, in a little altered state of it, mind? I don't know what it is, but clearly something has gone astray here. In my mind's eye, 
Eli got paid already for those two Super Bowls. What has he done lately? I'm, I would agree. I would agree. And that's why um, I'm thinking that if, like I said, okay, let's say for an example, if it were, uh, if it were Tom Brady and, and Tom Brady wanted to go back and renegotiate and thought he, you know, deserved more. Eli is in the last year of his contract. Uh, next year, even if they put that, if they put that franchise tag on him, I think he's going to get about $25 million, which for one year uh, would exceed uh, what these guys are getting right now. And the highest paid guys, again, now the number one paid quarterback is guaranteed money, uh, of course, is uh, Aaron Rodgers. And, and Aaron is getting about $22 million a year. Uh, I think Russell Wilson comes in at 21 9. Uh, and then we got, after that, Big Ben is in at 21 9. Uh, Phillips just got him a nice little contract too at twenty point eight, mm-hmm. and uh, and then and then Cam, you know, rounds it well, off at, at twenty point eight. Check it out. Check it out. If I'm the uh, the general manager of the New York Giants, and I'm a big time Giants fan, okay, don't don't get it twisted. But in my mind's eye, um, I'm the GM. I'm going to take a flyer on him. I'll pay him his franchise, and then. And then it's time to go get another a, a new franchise quarterback. The only thing that would change my mind on that if Eli got a third ring, and then I'd have to pay him. Okay, let me go back to let me, let me go back to Moses on that. Moses, do you think you just heard me uh, mention those top salaries there? In your mind, is Eli in the twenty million dollar a year contract conversation? Uh, I, I would put Eli in today's conditions with his resume in the in the fifteen to eighteen million dollar range. So he's uh, and if I were a, if I were a GM, that would be my discussion with him. Maybe he could talk me into going to twenty, but no more than twenty. So he is not. So he's not Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger. He, he, he's certainly not Phillips, and he's not Cam, and he should not no. be in that discussion. No, I, I don't. I don't include him in that caliber of quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback, uh, but but I would not put him in that pay in that pay range. Now let no. me let me okay. So let me let me ask Bert. You know, uh, Philip Rivers is in this conversation. Is Philip Rivers? Cam Newton is young, but is Philip Rivers really deserving? I mean, you, you got one, two, three, four. Philip Rivers really should he? Well, before I say anything about Philip Rivers, um, well. I'll just put it this way. I haven't watched Philip Rivers as much as I should have or could have. But I'll say this, because we're going back to Eli Manning's statement from a few years ago where he considered himself an elite quarterback. Do you recall? Oh, yes. Well, he, he said they asked him that question. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to side uh, with Moses on this. I think he should have answered that question. And Moses didn't talk about this, but I think he would agree with me. He should have answered that question. Well, quite naturally, I think I'm a late quarterback. I have won two Super Bowls. I remember that. I remember that question. I thought oh, he answered no, that question he was the right way. quarterback on two Super Bowl winning teams. Oh, but don't think, oh, wait, now I know, listen, in order for a receiver to throw a great catch, the, the quarterback has to throw the ball somewhere in the vicinity. And I think he delivered on a couple of those great catches in that Super Bowl. I remember okay, that. Now remember, I'm a New York fan now, okay, <laughs> and so Eli is cooling the gang with me. However. <laughs> well, Bert, hold on one second here. What are we going to do, Bert? Outrageously spectacular catches. Well, he would not have two Super Bowl rings. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. And his receivers have 
consistently been making some of the greatest catches we've ever seen. And if you go back and you, you already know what I'm talking about, but some of the greatest catches we've seen, the most memorable that will always be a part of the history of the National Football League happened to be something that was released from Eli's hand and ended up on the other side, probably, you know, just spectacular, not even words to describe uh, those catches that were made by those New York Giants wide receivers. But listen, guys, we're going to take a break here. we got to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side. You listen to Rail and Sports on the Voice of the American Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at youbet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. Phoenix, living like it matters. I got a couple guys. I tell you what, man, these guys shouldn't be, you shouldn't want these guys as GMs when you try to negotiate a contract because they ain't trying to give nobody no money. But uh, certainly, uh, they yeah, enjoy. They're trying to give money away. They ain't trying to, they ain't trying to give money away. You got to earn away. And I don't mind paying. Right. Nobody, everybody wants to get paid for, for the work they do what? and for the quality of the work that they do. But you said it, you, you said it, uh, Bert, and it's really what have you done for me lately. And so we're having this conversation about the uh, fact that Eli has, has uh, you know, has thrown some great passes, that there's been some spectacular wide receivers who've made some spectacular catch, catches, uh, of course, uh, on the receiving end of those passes. Uh, but, but. But we're talking about what have you done for me lately. And so uh, lately, uh, regardless of what happens, Eli will probably get that franchise tag put on him next year. And, and New York may just ride him out right now. If, if I was a GM, I'm not sure I wouldn't ride him out this year. I can put the franchise tag on him next year. That's two years. You know, Eli hasn't been doing too good these past few years. So we're going to give him two years. Okay, and it's not like he wants to leave New York. And I don't think anybody is going to give him any money 
that's going to be something that New York can't match if well, he had a spectacular. Would you agree that that Eli is in the fourth quarter of his career? I would. I would. Well, here's one thing about it, and I said this, you know, in a roundabout way, demanding, you know, to be the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, Eli has said, you know, I'm better than Peyton. And as a matter of fact, Peyton's number is not even in this conversation right now. But Eli has certainly said that he's better than Peyton. And he's basically saying this. Eli's saying this. The reason why, when he demands this kind of money, what he's saying is the reason why we haven't been in the playoffs and deep into the playoffs or to the Super Bowl has nothing to do with my talent and all to do about the lack of talent surrounding me. Would you agree with that, gentlemen? I mean, if he thinks he's if he thinks he's the highest, he should be the highest paid quarterback in the league. He's saying it ain't me, so I should get my money. It's not me. And so Moses, I'm 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 gonna ask you to respond to that because I think you 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 see a, another uh, uh, Eli Manning someplace out there uh, down in the southern part of the country, I believe. Yeah, I, I do. I, oh well, you I know, do. I mean, oh, go ahead, go ahead, guys. Okay, so I, go I ahead, think, Moses. I think. I think Eli is is certainly going to benefit from the circumstance of of uh, circumstances that a lot of teams are in right now, where uh, NFL quarterbacks are high commodities, and everybody's got to have one. Many teams don't have one, so if you have one that even resembles a quality quarterback, you're gonna you may be forced to have to pay them the kind of money that they that they think they they want. I think the Atlanta Falcons are caught in that same situation where they had to pay Matt Ryan. I don't consider Matt Ryan to be a franchise quarterback, but the Falcons and the, the owner and the GM obviously feel that he's a franchise quarterback because they pay him that way. Uh, there are other quarterbacks that are going to get paid just because they are quarterbacks that have some level of experience. Eli can, can use that and say, but I got two Super Bowl rings. So he can use that. If, if I look at whether or not he deserves it, he earns it, if he's rate that level of pay, I would say no. But the circumstances may be in his favor that, that, that he can make the case that I should be paid that way because of my resume. Well, let and, me, you know, teams- Bird said something, and, and I'm going to switch it over to Bird for a second based upon what you said, his resume and things of that nature. But Bert Eli will find himself in a position, if they put that franchise tag, I think the franchise tag is like this, in whatever position you play, then you have to be in the top five of the salaries at that position. I, it's something very That's similar my to that. Okay. That's my understanding. Okay, so, so, so Eli's going to get that kind of money. Here's my question, is that if Eli doesn't deserve that kind of money, is there another quarterback that you see in college coming out or in the NFL that's better than Eli? Because you certainly... How are you going to get that other quarterback? So I'm, I'm kind of making a case that Eli may be right because when Eli has time, Eli can deliver the ball. And his, he's got some skilled receivers up there. And I even would I'd say the same thing down there about Matt Ryan in Atlanta. I, I kind of like those receivers and, and the way Matt delivers that ball. I'm not sure that the quarterback on either of these teams are the reason why they haven't gone to the Super Bowl. But, but let me ask you, Bert, if you will. Are you willing to let go of Eli because and let him play out these last two years? He's going to get paid. He's already under contract this year. Next year, put the franchise tag on him and deal with him three years from now as opposed to now. Is that what you would do? The only thing that would change my mind at this point is that, you know, next in the first, the first Sunday in, in February, he's hoisting a Super Bowl trophy. Otherwise, I'm riding it out with, with Eli. That's from that's from my my perspective as a 
fantasy general manager, okay? And uh, yeah. Moses, is, is would you concur with that down there in Atlanta? I don't know where uh, where Matt is in his contract, but is he, um, if, again, if they find themselves in a position where the contract's about to expire, you got to put that franchise tag on him unless there's somebody else that's more important to you than your quarterback. And if it is, uh, because of the comments you made, do you see somebody else out there in the National Football League you'd rather have than Matt on your team down there? No, I, I'm 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 not suggesting that, and I and I haven't I haven't looked at it, it to that degree. If 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 I had a Matt Ryan or or even a Eli, I, I may have to try and buy time by putting that franchise tag on them for a year to buy some time to see what else I can work out. But you know, making that commitment is different than making a a five or six year commitment for for twenty plus million a year. That's right, and that's, and, that's, and that's a that's a different deal. So so I don't think either one of them at this point in their careers, I would not commit that to any either one of these guys. Yeah, and you got and and that's a good point because see what we're talking about now, guys, is when you resign these these gentlemen at the position of quarterback. You know, these contracts, and, and I'm going to go back to my days. There's some collusion here. Man, ain't no way these numbers here are the oh. way they are. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. everybody's guaranteed money is around the same number, and, and everybody's yeah. yearly salary is around the same number. So basically, sure. when you resign a guy, you know, you guaranteed him, you know, 45, 55, 65 million dollars. You know, right. so so the franchise tag of twenty five million dollars, you know, may save you forty million dollars if he gets hurt in that second year, or if his right. skills certainly diminish. Uh, so right. I think we, I think we all agree. I don't think we would lock them in. I think we'd let them play it out a- a- again. So uh, yeah. let me. I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance because I certainly wanted to uh, get a comment uh, from from Bert on this about we were talking earlier about RG three. Uh, and and because we're having a conversation right now about franchise quarterbacks, obviously he's one uh, in Washington D.C. Uh, he said he was the best quarterback. Bert, did you hear that comment? And if you didn't, I'll, I'll just kind of yeah. And on 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 surface value, on on or uh, face value, I'd say that um, you know he's he's another one whose test might need to be checked. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but is he? Is he? Is it was out of context. Okay, I mean, yeah, it, it was taken out yeah. of context too. I mean, the way I threw it out there is like the way they put it out there. But when you listen to the entire conversation, he. he, he but but what he even the way he said it, you know, he simply should have stated it differently. And I and that's what I I heard. Uh, of course, uh, Moses say earlier too. It's just the way he said it. He he could be working to be the best quarterback in the league. We certainly want him to do that. Uh, and and we want him to believe that he is, but certainly don't embarrass yourself or the team by saying that you are the best quarterback in the National Football League because yeah, well, that know, you I are mean, not. It comes down to a matter of being able to articulate, and I think if you look at his intentions or what he meant to say, I get a strong sense of that. You know, he was just stating, you know, how he felt from the heart and how and how he had to mentally prepare himself. To go out there to get the job done—that's that's what I got from him. Yeah, and and, and you're right about that. You're right about that. And that's that's one of those things that Moses and I touched on. Y- yes, the, your approach to the game should be that you're the best in the game. Uh, but again, like I said, my wife is from Missouri, and it's like show me, and he has not shown us. Even when that's he was right, at well, his at his peak, which was his rookie year, that that was still a fraction of the best quarterback. I can tell you this though. I can tell you this. The next time that he bring, turns a corner and he spots one of them linebackers, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will also, I will also say, 
He'll, he'll know what to do. There you go. Go ahead, Moses. You got another comment? Moses I, had a comment there. Yeah, I, I do. I, I will also say uh, RG3 has been in the league long enough that he should know by now how to craft the, the statements that he's trying to make. Uh, he, he has been in the middle of controversial statements before, so he, he should have learned something that, that his handlers would have him say what he needs to say the right way so he can stay out of some of this controversy. Yeah, certainly I agree with that, too, because, again, you know, there's times when you're in the locker room and, and you're not always prepared for, for every question. But certainly, like you said, he's been in the league long enough, particularly a question like that, that right. he, he kind of took it there himself. And, and he didn't have to really. RG3? Well, he's been in the league. This is this is what his fourth year. This will be his fourth. Year. I think he's twenty six. Yeah, so he's somewhere twenty five, twenty six years 26. old. But but you know you know ever since RG three came into the league, he's been a victim of talking too much. He he seems to like to hear himself talk sometimes, and instead of making a statement, making it short, making it quick, he elaborates far too much, and that takes him into areas of of danger for him. And if he would just learn how to make a comment. Uh, stop with some of the, the classic cliches that he uses. Just answer a question straightforward and, and, and leave it alone. I think he would be much better. I'm not a publicist, but I would tell him, RG3, you just flat out talk too much. Hey, guys, I'm going I'm to give you, we got about two more minutes, and then I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me for the last uh, segment of the show. The last segment of the show is, is one that's very important to me. Uh, I want to address uh, the linebacker up there with the New York Giants, um, who uh, Beeson, who talked about um, he thinks that the league should uh, find quarterbacks for for throwing uh, passes into a danger zone, leading receivers into a danger zone. But but quick uh, a comment from you, Bert, real quickly. Uh, Tom Brady, Deflate Gate. Uh, your perspective and your take on that, because see, from my perspective, you know, I think the league has got themselves into something that they really didn't want to get into, and 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 politically, I don't think. The United States of America wanted them to get into this thing because this whole thing about access to these texts and these emails is something that goes beyond. And they could set a precedence here that would be dangerous for all of us in society. Uh, what do you think? Do you think it's really about the National Football well, League or do you think it goes the whole, beyond? The, whole f- the, the telephone thing, I don't see how it's really material to the whole uh, deflate gate scenario. But the information the was passed issue, along. The information was passed along via text, which brings the telephone well, I think, in. And I understand that. The whole issue is the uh, the collective bargaining agreement. When you re- get down to the nitty-gritty, because the NFL didn't go do anything that was beyond the the limits of, the, uh, of their collective bargaining agreement. They say, yeah, okay, this is how the commissioner has the right to do this. And he did it. End of story. Well, I agree with you. You're exactly right. And they've stated that on several occasions. And for some reason or another, I think uh, the the Players Association and, and a couple players, they have amnesia. They forgot what they negotiated and what, they, well, what rights they I, gave I, I away. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, uh, Moses, I want you to hold on to that. We're going to take a break. We're going to come on the other side. We're going to deal with that. And then we're going to talk about, as I said, uh, Wow, should it really be illegal? Should it be a penalty for quarterbacks throwing a pass into what could be a very dangerous zone for wide receivers? So we're going to take this break, and we're going to come back. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back after this break.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. We're back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. Living like it matters. What matters to me, of course, is the season has begun. Got a chance to spend a whole lot of time in the Hall of Fame city. Of course, my hometown, Canton, Ohio. Uh, outstanding ceremonies there. Uh, the induction ceremonies were, were just, you know, uh, very emotional. Uh, so happy that Junior's daughter got a chance to say something on behalf of her family and, and her dad. And, uh, you know, God bless them all. Uh, they deserve the recognition that they got. And uh, I'm just so pleased that, uh, that my hometown showed the kind of hospitality that made me proud to be a Cantonian. And, uh, you know, a part of America's greatest game, pro football. Uh, I'm a part of that. And, and now I'm a part of this. This is how I continue to be a part of the game. As I get a chance to speak with, with, with men and women all over the world who have a passion for the game. And, and we're going to bring David into the conversation. But first, I, I want to hear Moses uh, comment on what I believe. I, I'm concerned about the precedence because what, what's already happened, guys, is the league, I believe, According to the collective bargaining agreement, the league went ahead and set, uh, you know, what the repercussions were going to be and, and the punishment was going to be based upon you, you know, breaking these rules. And and then somehow or another, Tom Brady, unlike on the football field, you can challenge. There's no challenge, but I guess there is a challenge. So Tom wanted to challenge. And this challenge could escalate to some place where nobody wants us to go, and that becomes politics. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let Moses comment on that. Moses, what do you what do you think about this Deflategate thing? And then we, we're going to talk about this other thing I want to talk about, of course, and that is uh, Danger Zone. Well, I, I think the, this Deflategate situation has gone 
far, far, far beyond where it should have been gone, where it should have gone. I think the league has, has turned this into something that's turned into more of a calamity than a, than a serious situation. But the seriousness of the results could be devastating to just, to just common citizens. Uh, if we were in the, the, the court system of the United States, uh, the courts could mandate that evidence be turned over. And, of course, that phone of Tom Brady's would be evidence and, and it would be evaluated on the contents of it. But in this case, the commissioner had the responsibility of, of looking into this situation. He, he could have said he found that, that there was possible potential evidence of, of tampering with the football. So, therefore, he's going to levy the fine that was, that was prescribed. But for some reason, he didn't do that. And, and now they want to make the case that, well, the cover-up was more serious than the crime. Well, we're not talking about a court of law situation. We're talking about just the commissioner's evaluation of the situation. So I have no problem with Tom Brady challenging that and, say, and saying, I am more than happy to take the, the normal penalty that comes with this, a fine for tampering with the football, if that's what you think. I'm not saying I did that, but if that's what you think, that's fine. But I'm not taking a full-game suspension, and I'm not giving you my phone. Well, I, I, I'm, let me, if I can, for a second there, Moses, I, I think I'm going to just, there's one thing you said, that I'm not sure if, it, you know, I could be wrong, but I think the commissioner put this in the hands of Troy Vincent and let Troy handled it. Troy handled it the way he felt was appropriate after Troy made his decision and then Tom didn't agree with what Troy's decision was. Then tr- Tom had something to say. Tom, you know, was then uh, engaged. He then engaged with uh, a lawyer to then to see what he could do in terms of uh, have this ruling overturned. The commissioner then stepped in and said he would, you know, take part of this, you know, I guess arbitration where they would sit down. And uh, he first he took into consideration all the information and said he supported the decision that Troy came up with. So now, now, Ray, now, Ray, Ray. Right. Let, let's not let's not be naive here now. Now, you think that that the commissioner abdicated the responsibility for this punishment to to his, one of his lieutenants and he didn't know what was coming. No, I, here's what I'm saying to you. I am saying to you this. I am saying to you that the lieutenant uh, was given the permission by the top dog to uh, bring back to him uh, what he sees fit in terms of how this should be handled, and he was going to support that decision of his lieutenant. And so when it went into uh, an arbitrational type of, uh, you know, in which the commissioner was going to be the person who's going to make, the, he's going to be the judge and the jury, I think they, they lost right then because he ain't going to go against his guy. There was no way he was going to go against his guy. Well, that's correct. So, so the, 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 the commissioner is just as responsible. He's the top dog. He, what, whoever lieutenant is making a recommendation when, when, the, when the top dog says, I agree with that, and that's what we're going to do, he can't come out and say, well, okay, my lieutenant made this decision. And, and, and when you put him in that situation where he's going to make the final decision and then sit through the, the, the arbitration, that, that's sort of, that's sort of a, a double-handed whammy there against, against Tom Brady. I, and I'm not a, a fan or an enemy of Tom Brady. I'm just thinking about how, the one person that's going to that's going to pass out the judgment and then get to to sit through the 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 uh the arbitration that just seems ridiculous to me well that's now, uh, that's I, where we talked about a little bit earlier we we mentioned that uh Moses that is where again in the collective bargaining agreement if it was going to go to some type of arbitration it was going to be uh the final decision was going to be made by uh Roger Goodell and so uh, he's made his final decision, and they wanted to appeal that, so that took us to some to another place. But with that being said, guys, because we only got a couple more minutes, let me move on 
if you will, to uh, we got and I think we got four minutes here. Uh, let me move on to John Beeson, linebacker for uh, for the New York Giants out up there, and he said uh, that he thinks that quarterbacks should be fined for uh, basically throwing passes in what I'm going to call a danger zone. You know, many times player, NFL players have been penalized for, uh, you know, striking an unprotected receiver. And what happens many times, they're only trying to catch a ball that a quarterback has thrown to these guys, and they have to put themselves in a very vulnerable position in order to make these great catches. Uh, I know these men are trained to take that. If you don't take those shots... Years pass if you don't take those shots, you know, your manhood basically was questioned. You you don't get a hit that you dream of your entire life is sitting right there in front of you and you don't take that. You have to take that. By the you know, on looking at it from another perspective, that receiver, you know, you have to make that great catch. But Franco Harris and Ricky Waters, two of the smartest men ever played the game years ago. You know, they made a business decision. And now uh, John is basically stepping up. And, and I, I understand what he's saying. It's really putting the defense at a disadvantage because you 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 could strike some fear into a person that would prevent them from trying to att- make an attempt to make these great catches. Uh, and it puts the defense at a disadvantage. And so he thinks they should be penalized because it's almost like you got to just step back and watch and let this guy, you know, do that. So I'm going to ask David, who was just joining us, David, what do you think about that? I mean, you there in this, I believe you're a fan of the city of brotherly love and them Philadelphia Eagles, man. You know it's been some serious hitting going on down that way. So what do you think about that? You know, it's all about protecting it's all about protecting the shield. You know, you've got these superstar athletes that are out there entertaining us. And, you know, we see time and time, year after year, concussions being a major, major factor right now in the NFL. And whatever Gridell has to do to, to protect these guys, I think it's, it's wise to do. So do you think, okay, so, so the suggestion that John is making here, John is saying, well, you know, these quarterbacks are putting their receivers at harm. Way. I mean, you know, this one thing that ball players, you know, like to say, either they will say it to you or certainly it is the way they're going to get their message across. Hey, man, don't lay me out like that. Now, come on now. You know, you just <laughs> don't do that, you know. And, and sometimes really, I, I, you know, I got a picture of, of of two fellas that I look back up on a lot of times. I keep that picture at home tucked away, uh, but it's myself and Wes Hopkins, and we lined up over wide receiver, and I just put this little caption up under there that I knew that wide receiver was looking at that quarterback and said, hey, man, throw that ball over that way. Don't throw that ball over here, you know. And so, these, but these quarterbacks do that. I mean, that is far-fetched. I mean, he really stretching it, but I understand what he's saying. So, Bert, let me ask you. You, you, you up there with the Giants, the Giants play physical football, too. This is a giant linebacker. Linebackers for the Giants will take your head off. He's saying, man, don't throw that ball in here when you know we, and this is what we get paid to do. You putting your receiver at risk. I'm going to get fined, you know, if I take him out. But you, 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 you're taking something away from my game. Do you believe that there's a place and a time where they may say, yeah, we're going to penalize you or we're going to fine you for putting those receivers in harm's way? Okay. Uh, let me ask the question. Is this a G-rated show, or can we go? This is the internet, man. We we, we only, <laughs> you know, we do have some uh, young folks that I try to mentor to out there listening to the show. But you can make a PG thirteen. PG thirteen. There you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you know that's that's a that's one man's interpretation, but 
this is the pussification of football, okay? Wow. Football. You can't protect. I mean, you know, I mean, quarterbacks have to throw the ball. Receivers have to catch it. Linebackers and safeties have to hit. That's the game. If you if you change that those fundamentals, then we're not talking football. We're talking about some other sport. Hey, Ray. Okay. Hey, guys, we Ray got about 30 it. seconds, and, and we're going to have to end. I'm so sorry, but go right ahead. Quick quick comment, Ray. When when are we – this whole thing is, is ridiculous. When are we going to get to the point that offensive linemen are going to get fined for allowing a quarterback to get sacked? I tell you, get, <laughs> that's that old you lookout know, when block. We get to a point that, yeah, when are we going to get to a point that anything, anybody can be fined for anything that happens on the football field? It's a, it's a tough game. It's a yeah, dangerous game. It Played is. for a long time, and, and, and receiver's job is to catch the ball. A quarterback is in a dangerous situation. He's got to get rid of the football. Uh, linemen are, are bearing down on him. Uh, we can't start finding people for the toughness of the game. It's, it's a tough game. I, I, I don't. I think defenseless hits should be looked at and should be evaluated. Certainly. Okay. Hey guys, I'm uh, sorry, but we, we we're going to have to end this show. It's a great show. I really appreciate you calling in. I think I I need to talk about that next week because it is a very violent. This is a collision game. Contacts no longer. It's all about collisions. We pay for it. We love it. We want to see it, but at the same time, it has to be safety first. Thank you so much for calling. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.